The holiday season has arrived. Time for families to gather and laugh. Christmas music has been playing since Thanksgiving. Movies you only watch in December are constantly on TV. As they say in that one song, it's the most wonderful time of the year. So, what is Christmas to you? What makes it special to you? Why is it so unique? Growing up, we would always go to my great-grandmother's house. To us, she was known as Nanny. She was an old Appalachian woman, a four-time breast cancer survivor, and was the rock of our family. We would gather at Nanny's on Christmas Eve, right before we went to the Episcopal Church. We would always dress up in our nicest clothes, probably one of the two times we did so throughout the year. She was in her 80s and lived in a small trailer. There were always lots of people, presents, and cigarette smoke. Everybody knew my nanny couldn't say no, so they would leave dogs and cats on her porch. Her not being able to see because of her old age, there would oftentimes be animal feces scattered all over the porch. My mom says that it was inevitable that one of us would step in dog poop in our brand new dress shoes on our way to church. Thank God the grass was always wet. The quote-unquote unconventional parts of our Christmas are what make it special. Our family is loud, houses are always cramped, and there's nowhere to sit, but there's tons of laughter. This is Christmas in Appalachia, at least for me. Chase won't be on this episode this week, but I can say the same for him, as he comes from the same dysfunctional, loving family as me. My name is Hunter Wright, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In this episode, we celebrate the holiday season. It will be as cheery as your brother after his fifth glass of spiked eggnog. This is Cross County Lines. Cross County Lines. Today we will be discussing Christmas traditions in Appalachia. Also, this is Austin Ward and I will be your host today. I have one of my good friends here, special guest Tyler Barnett, a cadet at the United States Air Force Academy and recent Vinton County graduate. We will talk about a few other things as we relate Christmas in Appalachia to Christmas elsewhere in the country and ask Tyler some questions about his experience out west and what it's like to be at the United States Air Force Academy. So, Tyler, it's good to have you with us. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, First of all, let's just talk a little bit about what Christmas means to you, I guess. What do you do on a normal Christmas? What goes along with your typical, you know, Christmas, Christmas Eve family? Uh, Well, I mean, Christmas Eve is usually always spent uh, visiting grandparents. That's where they always get their time in. Start out the morning with uh, my mom's family, and uh, that evening we usually go with my dad's family and have family dinner. Um, There's usually the entire family there. Um, And that takes up till late, but then we head back to my mom's to uh, to have Christmas morning with her. Um, We usually wake up about 4.30, get get presents started, you know. Santa Claus comes early. 4.30. 4.30, yes, sir. Um, I don't feel like that's a Gunner Barnett idea. No, definitely not. It's, uh, it's all mom's idea, but um, yeah, my parents separated, so that's what you get whenever you have that. So uh, <laughs> start start at 4.30, and I think we'll even head out to my dad's about 9. So. Well, it's not a whole lot different than mine, I shouldn't say, but Christmas Eve, usually I have family over at my house. We usually play board games. It's the only time of year my parents decide it's appropriate to actually like play games or have fun inside the house. Do that, get to see... Get to see some relatives on Christmas Eve. Have some good food, some chicken, and mom makes mom makes shrimp and other foods that you know 
I can't get her to make any other time of the year. And then, yeah, Christmas mornings, you know, that's that's still the best, even though I'm 20 years old. But Absolutely. It's, it's nowhere near 4.30. It's usually about 8.30, 9 o'clock, by the time I can get Mom and Dad to come downstairs. But, yeah, plenty of, plenty of great Christmas morning memories. And uh, we, we, we have Christmas at my house now, too, about noon or 1 on Christmas Day. I have my brothers and their families come over and, you know, nice little get-together. Turkey and ham and mashed potatoes and noodles, although Mom protests that she's not making noodles every year, and then she does. So then whatever dessert my niece Emily decides that we have to have this year. That's, that's Christmas for me. So, Tyler... Maybe some of your favorite things to do around Christmas time. Maybe looking at lights or anywhere in particular you like to go around Christmas time. Oh, yeah. I mean, ever since I was a kid, we always, uh, me and my mom and my little brother, we always drove around and, uh, you know, hitting the back roads and going through town looking for anybody that's got a big light display up. I mean, it's something that uh, I feel is pretty unique to around here. I mean, I don't feel like a lot of people can go out and hit some back roads to find Christmas lights. Definitely. I think uh, Hunter was talking about it a little bit ago, to just long driveways with lights all over the place, especially, you know, once it gets, once it gets 10, 11 o'clock at night and there's nobody else out. Uh, you got the deer in the roads. Not in the roads. <laughs> Jeez. The deer in the in the yard, you know, with your little little red nose you got from the clown costume when you were 10 years old that you put over the lead reindeer yeah there's a lot of a lot of decorations here in southern ohio especially that you probably wouldn't see anywhere else i know a couple people uh one has a stuffed deer head on the wall with uh his own custom little red nose you know from like a clown or something and go to the end of end of end of back road to state roads and you see Houses, little houses with inflatables in the yard, you know, all ridiculous amount of Christmas decorations that certainly would fill up the house. Uh, how about Tyler's favorite Christmas foods? Ooh, my favorite Christmas foods. It's one of the things that keeps me coming home for Christmas. Uh, Mom every year makes her uh, homemade chicken noodles. Uh, makes them from scratch. and uh, Every year it's always something I look forward to. She starts with the flour and everything, and she even showed me how to make them when I was home for Thanksgiving, but I ain't quite got it down yet. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about that on this on this podcast a couple times, at homemade noodles. Every episode we hit it. Yeah, <laughs> about every single episode. It's just called Chicken and Noodles Podcast. Chicken and Noodles Podcast, I like it. Uh, I, think that, I think that my favorite would have to be, believe it or not, my Aunt Donna makes these little tiny oatmeal raisin cookies and she makes them with like yogurt mix or something and I can't figure out what is in them but they're so soft and she'll buy me like or she'll make me like 80 you know 80 or 100 and bring them down for our you know my mom's side of the family we have a Christmas party usually a week or two before Christmas and she brings me down 80 you know 80 or 100 and I will eat the whole thing in four or five days and it is it, it is my favorite part. Of course, that's before Christmas, so then, you know, Christmas Day comes, that honey-baked turkey is, is pretty hard to beat, but... When I see what as good of a cook as your mom is, it does surprise me that your favorite Christmas food doesn't come from her. Yes, I, I guess I guess the clarification there would be that anything she makes on Christmas, I can usually get her to make throughout the year. Okay. So I can be a little more picky when it comes to Christmas time. But uh, another one of my favorite my favorite things about Christmas and you know in life in general is music, especially Christmas music. So 
Tyler, what are what are your thoughts on Christmas music? I know they're a little bit uh, out there. I'm not sure that our audience members are going to like what he has to say here, but we'll go ahead and give him a chance to talk. Well, I mean, as far as Christmas music goes, I feel like it should be played probably the day of Christmas and no other days out there. I'm not really much into the holiday spirit as nice. uh, as many people do, but uh, yeah, I feel like Christmas music has its place, but it's it's on Christmas Day. I don't like hearing it right after Thanksgiving and people that play before thanksgiving definitely need to uh, rethink their lifestyle yeah i don't i don't know if i can get on board with that i'm certainly a big big christmas music guy i i start listening black friday and about every day through through christmas well through new year's honestly because you know what do you what kind of music are you gonna listen to like the day after christmas you know you're kind of depressed that you know the christmas letdown is is here and you, you just got to listen to some, some Faith Hill, Where Are You Christmas? You know, 364 days away. You know, that's what you want to hear. You sit down and watch The Grinch again. That's how it goes. Speaking of The Grinch, how about movies, Tyler? Do you like any Christmas movies, or do you like no, anti-Christmas I mean, entertainment I, in general? Not yet. I'm pretty anti-Christmas in general. I'm not really one for Christmas movies, and probably not the, not the right kind of guy on here for, for the Christmas special, to be honest with you. Oh, boy. Well, unlucky for us, you're only home a couple times a year, so we figured this was the best opportunity to get you on here. But my favorite Christmas movies are definitely It's a Wonderful Life might be my favorite movie anyway other than back to the future of course which is my all-time favorite but anyway it's a wonderful life is you know just it it takes you back and anytime you're you know you're feeling down or you have doubts about yourself that movie will just shine a different light into you know how you want to live your life so that that movie is an inspiration to me every december make sure that i watch it at least once so with that being said we will slide into Tyler's life out west in Colorado Springs at the United States Air Force Academy. Overall, Tyler, what do you think your experience has been? Well, I mean, it's been a rough and long journey, but I mean, I'm, uh, I'm getting a lot out of it and I'm enjoying it as we're going. It gets uh, progressively better, so we're having a good time out west. So you are, I guess, how's that work? Are you your second year? So are you, are you a second year cadet? Is that how that works? Or yeah, um, yeah out of four years, I'm, I guess I'd be considered a second year cadet. Um, sophomore out there so I've got, got about two and a half more years and how are your I guess how are your classes overall or do you have a lot of a lot of difficult classes do you get to pick most of what you're taking or is it pretty uniform um, well right now they're pretty uniform um, I'm an economics major and I haven't had a I haven't been able to take a single majors class yet um, I've been stuck taking all the core curriculum that everybody's taking uh, physics and chemistry and political science so um, none of that really goes towards my major or anything, but it's just stuff that we all got to take. Yeah, I, I feel you there. I have, you know, obviously at Ohio State, I've had to take a lot of a lot of gen eds, but nowhere near that stuff. If they made me take physics or chemistry, we would, we would have a problem. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I guess coming from Southern Ohio, and I'm sure having a different background than all, about everybody there, how has your, I don't know, your lifestyle changed a little bit? Not only being, you know, basically in the military, but uh, compared to other students that, I guess, aren't from Appalachia. Um, well, I think it's a bit different because uh, most of my friends out there, um, their families don't all live in the same place like we got here. Um, you know, coming from Appalachia, all the family lives in the same county. And, you know, whenever I'm home, it's easy to visit. But uh, I'm used to growing up around everybody, you know, everybody from grandparents on both sides of the family and aunts and uncles and cousins and 
you know, my friends don't have to deal with that. So, I mean, they've kind of been used to leaving at least some family behind. And I feel like uh, having to move out west is, it's made me have to, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I'm not quite as used to missing out on all the family stuff as they are. I feel like they got a little bit of an advantage on that part of it. And, but I mean, we've gotten used to it and we're starting to, I mean, we're doing all right with it now, but it was, it was difficult to overcome at first. Right. And, you know, having to worry about just coming home for a few days at a time, even sometimes just with the, you know, the cost of plane tickets and just all the logistics that go into, you know, having time off and you got to worry about your mom, dad, stepdad, having the same, being able to take those days off, you know, not, not being at work the whole time you're home, stuff like that's got to be, got to be a little challenging. So, uh, with that being said, what about maybe some experiences that you've had there that reminded you that you come from a little bit different place? Well, one of the big things was uh, during basic cadet training, whenever uh, everybody shows up during the summer, we all got to go through it. It's similar to BMT for the enlisted side. Um, we all got to go through a basic training. and um, I mean, it started off a little rough. Nobody really, I mean, nobody knew each other and nobody knew me where I was from. And, you know, just the way I was talking made it a little difficult. Um, you know, I had everybody yelling at me, telling me that I needed to speak a little more clear. And I didn't know how to do that. So it took a while to get used to and for them to start understanding the way I speak. Right. And, you know, for them, they thought I was all from Tennessee and Carolina or Georgia or something like that. So, I mean, it was it was rough to get rough to get started there for a while. Yeah, like I said, I'm, a, I'm only in Columbus, but I had plenty of people that thought I was from Kentucky or Tennessee at, at least. What about... Have you met any other kids there that are from maybe southern, southeastern Ohio or Kentucky, Tennessee, West uh, Virginia? Yeah, i got a couple friends that's from, uh, well, one from Jackson. He's a football player out there. His name's Elijah Bull. Uh, I talk to him regularly. He's uh, right down the hall, actually. and I mean, uh, we, we frequently talk. Um, he didn't quite have the uh, the same southern draw I got, but, I mean, <laughs> uh, we talk. It's good. It's good to see, you know, a couple people from our area down there think that especially maybe not give you too much credit but hopefully with with you being down there we can get you at least open the eyes of other young people in Benton County and make them realize that it's it's certainly a, a possibility to go somewhere prestigious like that with the opportunities that you get out there and that you know that kids from around here are good enough to go out there or go to West Point or you know Ivy League schools anything else just maybe if they can see a couple people a couple people be, be successful at places like that it you know could open their eyes to go right. do it themselves that'd be fantastic i mean uh, ever since i graduated in 16 we've had uh two young Benton county graduates applying to the academies um and here recently we've had one uh, actually receive some nominations to go to the academies and uh you know she recently even uh, learned that she was accepted into the air force academy so it's it's quite possible she could be joining me in a few years um, and I don't want to say I had anything to do with her getting accepted. She's a great young woman that, I mean, surely did it um, because of her outstanding performance. Um, but, I mean, I I would like to be um, thankful that, you know, hopefully I started something that uh, would continue to help this community and help all the, the graduates of Benton County, you know, opening their eyes, like you said, and being willing to, to at least apply and try to get into these, uh, these universities instead of, you know, just writing it off and um, not... not uh, you know, trying to apply at least. Right. I think I think that's that's certainly a, a a possibility that we can get more kids to, you know, reach a little bit reach a little bit farther and maybe step outside their comfort zone and oh, see where they can go. 
uh what about what, what's your plan here i guess you're a sophomore so you got two more years of school and then how many more years of, of service i guess like where do you go from there uh, well so i've got two more years of school and uh whenever i finish i'll graduate with a, a bachelor's degree in economics a uh, bachelor's of science and then um, post-graduation i'm hoping to get a pilot slot so i mean i'll have uh, two years of pilot school training to do and then um, after that i'll owe 10 years of service um, to repay my debts and you know hoping to make a career out of it hoping to fly some fighter jets and eventually be put in charge of some people maybe a squadron commander one day and hoping to retire after about 20. Yeah, and I, I think you've, you've talked to me a lot about you're uh, a student manager for the basketball team, too. Yep, uh, student manager for the basketball team while I'm here. It keeps me busy, makes my time go a little bit faster. Um, basketball team's been, uh, uh, they've been, they've been practicing hard. They're on the, the, an upslope, and um, we got bright things coming out of them soon. It's good. It's good to be, be involved in stuff like that, especially coming from somewhere like this. Uh, you said, I think, last year that, what Dante Jackson from uh, Greenfield McLean was actually assistant coach down there. Yes, he was. He uh, last year he was out there and we spent a lot of time together and we talked about uh, you know coming from coming from here and he's got a little bit of experience with that too. Um, we talked about you know basketball programs locally here and um, really enjoyed having him out there. Yeah. Um, so Tyler, uh, do you do anything at the at the academy that's different around Christmas time? Anything special? Um, yeah, I mean it's quite unique because I mean. Uh, normally people decorate their houses and down at the academy everybody's got the dorm rooms that are the same they're pretty bleak they're uh, all white walls and that sort of thing so about Christmas time people start to decorate their you know their rooms with lights and they start decorating those but then they also put lights out in the hallways and they dress up squadron and make it look good and festive uh, some of my favorite things that I've seen is um, wallpapered uh, doorways you know wallpaper in the whole alcoves and their whole wallpaper the, the whole wall being covered in the paper looks i mean it looks pretty good it's festive and having the lights overhead and it, it looks pretty good um and then every year we always have a christmas dinner um this year uh, unfortunately i did miss it because of basketball i'm um, being a manager but uh at christmas dinner everybody dresses up wears their favorite holiday sweaters or um, some people dress up real nice in their suits and ties and um, all the freshmen just wear their flight suits and um, go out and have you know a dinner at the at the academy. Um, everybody eats in Mitchell Hall and um, just has a has a good dinner together. Um, and then it's always customary after the dinner to to go out and smoke uh, smoke cigars together. And it's just a it's really good community bonding thing. You know, last year I remember it real real well, and um, I thought it was a really good time to get to know my upperclassmen. And, um, I just I think it's pretty unique. You don't really hear about that much. And, you know, most people today say that smoking cigars are frowned upon, <laughs> but I mean, it's it's still a pretty customary right. tradition that uh, even, I mean, almost everyone does. Most people don't typically smoke, but I mean, it's a it's a once a year kind of thing. Right. We go out and enjoy it together. I think it's that's a little bit different considering most of the time out there you're not you're pretty strict rules about decoration and other stuff Absolutely. in general. So. Yeah, it's uh it's a pretty lenient thing they let us do out there i mean it's not something that you could do other times in the year but i mean they give us free passes because it, yeah. is, it is holiday spirit so yeah uh, speaking of the holiday spirit uh say a few more things about maybe why christmas in appalachia is different than different than other places i think the family aspect was was big even though you weren't necessarily talking about christmas in particular uh, i think that you, you always hear on the news or from you know friends at school that you know they're going here or there for for Christmas like they would have for Thanksgiving or other holidays. But 
I guess for us, it's not the traveling thing isn't much. It's, you know, 10 miles down the road or up the road, you know, depending on where you're going, you know, you hit multiple places at a time and not go very far, whether you're going from your house to grandma's house or aunt or, aunt or uncle's house. And uh, just just the some of the some of the goofy things like like Hunter was talking about going to his going to his family to his mamaw's house and you know fitting 30 35 people in you know, a little little house with only you know barely any room everybody eating food standing on top of each other sitting on the floor trying to you know chomp down on their their turkey and mashed potatoes and noodles i uh kind of have similar experiences growing up my grandma's we, we you know we'd fit 25 30 people in a in her double wide trailer and uh we actually had my my uncle lives at the the same spot where her trailer was and we had his house isn't very big either and we had a family get together there last week and we were pretty crowded but you know, it was great to see everybody and you know a little christmas gift exchange and eat some good food from all my aunts and uncles and well, must be a common theme around here because i mean uh at my dad's house we always have uh dinner and presents and gift exchange out of his his mom's house and i mean we always get the five or you know my grandparents and then their five kids and then i think all 12 or 14 of their all four or all their grandkids and we all pile into the little double wide and i mean we make it work so it's a yeah. common theme around here yeah, and if it's warm enough, you know, you can sneak outside and play football or something else. You know, we tend to do that anyway, whether it's warm or not. But well, and that's quite possible here in Ohio with the, yeah. the crazy weather we usually get. So. Yes, yes. I uh, to add on to that a little bit. I know that I know that I I really enjoy the you know, like I said, the game night that we always have at my house on Christmas Eve, and uh, I also think that it's. it's good idea to point out the some of the unique gifts I, I've received Christmas wise my aunts and aunts and grandparents always make you know, homemade you know pillowcases or blankets and I have so I have so many of those that are obviously just you know, just from the intrinsic values you know worth so much more to me than a lot of the other presents I've you know begged for over the years and gotten you know used for a year or two and I, I just you know I have two or three Two or three things made by a grandma or one of my aunts from from school, and I, I think that's a lot of people have a lot of those, you know, homemade gifts. A lot of the times, you know, going going back years and years ago, when most you know most people around here didn't have a whole lot of money, it was it was you know kind of the thing. You got one or two Christmas presents, and usually your mom or your grandma, you know, made them. You know, they didn't go to the store, you didn't go to Walmart or order them off Amazon. You, you, you had you had to make make do with what you had, and I think that I think that, that that mindset is still, you know, in some of our parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, and I think they try to instill that feeling within us a little bit, even though we might get you know a couple pairs of Nike high top sneakers or you know headphones or you know other electronic stuff that they kind of remind us what they came from. So I think that's important to add. Uh, wrapping things up here. Uh, it was good to have Tyler with us. Thanks for thanks for coming. We appreciated it. Oh, well, it was good to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. <laughs>